a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Next is now. As we look at a next is now conversation today, uh, we've often talked about the role of first ladies. And now uh, we have a second gentleman uh, in the vice president's office. We've talked about the first dogs or first pets. But what about the first friend? What about the friends of our presidents? What is their role? What has their role been throughout history? Uh, Good, bad, indifferent? Uh, What is the main role of of being a first friend? Uh, These are unelected officials, of course. These are friends, uh, but they're often advisors and sounding boards to the president. And many of them over our history as a nation have had enormous impact uh, on our presidents uh, and those who have sat in the Oval Office. Uh, A new book out uh, called First Friends, the powerful, unsung and unelected people who shaped our presidents. Uh, This is coming from a a former Clinton aide, Gary Ginsburg, and he went into great detail about these dynamic relationships between friends and presidents, uh, what those uh, individuals did, how they influenced, shaped, drove, cautioned, and uh, and even saved some of our presidents over the years. And uh, we were able to have a conversation with Gary Ginsburg. And we started by asking him, what does that really mean? What is a first, pre- uh, first friend and how have they helped shape our presidents? As I got older, I got involved in political campaigns and then uh, worked for the Clinton administration. And I started to observe some really interesting special friendships between a leader and the person I describe in my book as the first friend, the person close to him from childhood or the military, wherever, that could speak to the leader in a way that no other staffer or aide could, could speak the blunt truth, but also kind of ease and provide respite to the leader in a way that nobody else could. So the first friend is is the person who, uh, as Gary rightly pointed out, uh, can speak the truth because they're they're not a staffer. Uh, they're not a paid employee. They're not someone uh, that necessarily has a political agenda of their own or a uh, ascendancy up some ladder uh, of their own. And so often they are that trusted space. And some do that really well. Uh, some use it as a way to to get control or to have undue influence. Some use it as a way to, to get uh, advantages and perks and privileges. Uh, but many first friends were simply that. Uh, we're going to use friend in the authentic term of friendship, uh, one that is a mutual relationship and one that is not driven uh, by agenda, but is driven by concern and caring 
and a commitment to the other person come what may. Uh, So Gary Ginsburg went on to describe uh, some of the most influential friendships in American history. And one that, of course, was was very interesting to me uh, was the relationship between Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. Here's what Gary had to say about that first friendship. Exactly. It was a 50-year friendship. Started in 1776 and went to 1826 when Jefferson died on July 4th. Um, And I think it's the most important friendship in American history because without Without that friendship, I don't think you end up having the Constitution, because Jefferson actually provided all the books for Madison when he was over in Paris that gave Madison the grounding to form his very thoughtful uh, views on how to structure the United States government. And then they, they corresponded throughout. They had 1,250 letters between them. And right after Madison passes the Constitution, he writes a 17-page letter to Jefferson outlining what he did. Jefferson writes back and says, I'm actually disappointed because you don't have a Bill of Rights, and it needs a Bill of Rights. And it was really through that friendship that the Bill of Rights you know, is first kind of raised. Of course, you know, it goes through a lot of machinations before it's ratified. But the two-party system that we now just take for granted was really a result of the friendship of Madison and Jefferson and their joint kind of disgust and turning on Alexander Hamilton and by extension, George Washington and the revolution of 1800, which started basically 50 years of democratic rule in America was the direct result of their friendship. And then finally, you know, the, 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 the state public university system that we all enjoy today was really started by the two of them when they started the university of Virginia after they each left office uh, so that first friendship, uh, Jefferson and Madison, of course, very unique in history. I love the fact that they wrote over 1,200 letters back and forth. Uh, that doesn't count text messages. Those don't count as letters. Uh, those are just quick hit things. And it is something that I think we've lost in much of our great thinking is that ability to put things down on paper. And I think that's not only impacted our relationships, not just first friendships, but all of our relationships. I think it impacts each of us individually in a negative way. You think differently when you put things down on paper with a pen, Uh, not a text, not a tweet, not an email, uh, not a FaceTime call. Uh, When you write things out, it is different. And I think part of the reason that Jefferson and Madison had such a connection was because they had to be precise and exact. They had to really think things through because they were writing it and much of their correspondence, much of their interaction throughout their lives was done on paper and was done through letters. Uh, I want to jump to uh, something else that Gary uh, hits on in his book. Uh, it is the friendship between Abraham Lincoln and Joshua Speed and how Joshua uh, Speed actually saved uh, Lincoln's life in, in many ways. Without Joshua Speed, we don't know the name Abraham Lincoln. They were best friends. They they, they met in 1837 when when Lincoln shows up in Springfield, Illinois, and he says, I, I don't have $17 for betting. And Joshua Speed says, okay, then stay in my bed. And they forge this great friendship. And Speed saves his life in 1841. 20 years later, Lincoln is forming his government. One of his first meetings is with Joshua Speed. He says, hey, join my government. Speed says, no, I'm too rich uh, to join your government. I don't want to take the pay cut but I'll do something better. I'll save Kentucky from seceding from this, from the union. And that's exactly what he does. And Lincoln obviously then goes on to win the war and save the union. And that friendship I think is responsible for, 
Abraham Lincoln being alive and then in part having won the war. Again, that's uh, Gary Ginsburg, our conversation with him. And uh, I just love this topic of first friends, this friendship between uh, individuals and the president of the United States. Uh, so that was uh, an important one, Abraham Lincoln and Joshua Speed uh, and that connection. And again, the the fact that Joshua Speed declined joining uh, Lincoln's administration, uh, but did say, hey, I'm, I'm going to stay here in Kentucky and I'm, I'm going to help prevent Kentucky from seceding, seceding from the Union. Uh, very vital to our history. Uh, I want to sneak in one more before we go to the break. We're going to continue. We're going to stay with this uh, question just a little bit longer in terms of first friends. Uh, we asked uh, Gary Ginsburg uh, about another first friend, Eddie Jacobson, who was a friend of President Truman, and how he really impacted and may help have actually changed our history. And Eddie Jacobson does something that I think epitomizes how a best friend can speak to a president and change history. He flies across the country knowing that Truman is refusing to see somebody who would be quite important to him deciding to recognize the state. He walks in uninvited to the Oval Office, and he speaks to Truman in a way that nobody else could have spoken to him. He basically says, Harry, get over your anger. Do what you know is right. You have to see this leader. His name was Chaim Weitzman. You have to see him. He's waiting in New York to see you. If you don't, you're you're basically capitulating to the worst the worst of Harry the Harry Truman that I've known for forty years. Truman gets mad. He turns around, turns his back to him. He drums his fingers on the desk. He finally turns back around and he says, "I'll see him." And two months later, he's the first foreign leader to recognize the independent state of Israel. Eleven minutes after it's declared. Uh, that's a significant impact and influence. Eddie Jacobson, uh, first friend uh, of Harry Truman. And again, all of these first friends, they uh, I want to go back to, to how Gary framed this. Uh, he said, Eddie Jacobson epitomized how a best friend can speak to a president uh, and do it in a way that no one else could. Again, it's so different. We have to remember, it is hard. I... Uh, I think it is incredibly difficult to be an elected official at any level uh, for one major reason, and that is because it is so easy to get so isolated. And an isolated leader is never a good leader. An isolated leader gets off balance. They get uncomfortable. They get paranoid. They worry about all the wrong things. And that's why I often talk about good staffing on this program. And good staffers are priceless. A, pri- a staffer who is willing to say to the boss, uh, that's a bad idea, ma'am, or a bad idea, sir, and here's why, uh, that is rare. And because of that, having someone in your inner circle who is simply a friend, who doesn't have an agenda, who isn't trying to position for another job, another role, a promotion, or a big opportunity, but simply having somebody who can speak to you in a way that no one else can. Uh, and elected officials will always say, oh, you know, I, I, I didn't change. My people are honest and open with me. Uh, it is a very rare thing, I will tell you, in our nation's capital and in many other offices uh, up and down the uh, chain from the state level to the local level that leaders get insulated and isolated. And I will repeat it. An isolated leader is rarely a good leader and even more rare that they make the right choices. And so we're going to stay with our conversation a little bit longer with uh, former uh, Bill Clinton aide Gary Ginsburg. 
uh, about his book, which, by the way, is now at the top of the uh, is it now a New York Times bestselling uh, book. It's called First Friends, the powerful, unsung and unelected people who shaped our presidents. Uh, it is a great book. And uh, Gary was kind enough to join us uh, for a conversation earlier and uh, we've been going through, if you missed the last segment, you want to make sure you uh, check out our podcast today on kslnewsradio.com and uh, listen to that first segment because we talked about some really important first friendships, uh, including that between Jefferson and Madison and the uh, 1,200 pages of correspondence they had with each other over the years and how that impacted the nation. We talked about Abraham Lincoln and key friendships there. And so I want to continue on in this uh, conversation with Gary Ginsburg. And he pointed uh, to an example of an unelected first friend uh, who, uh, in this particular time, it was it was OK. He essentially ran the foreign policy for the, uh, for the president. Uh, it was Edward House uh, to Woodward, uh, excuse me, Woodrow Wilson, uh, something that obviously can't happen today. Not really the role of a first friend, but it was an important one uh, early on in the republic. There's one of my chapters is about Woodrow Wilson and a gentleman named Colonel Edwin Edward House. He was the most powerful person in the United States government, save for the president. And he was just to your point, unelected. He was never vetted. He never, didn't even have a security clearance. Yet he ran United States foreign policy from 1913 until 1919. That would never happen today. Can't happen today. Such an uh, interesting thing that he, uh, this first friend, uh, actually ran policy. Most first friends uh, have nothing to do with the political side of things or the policy side of things, and that's really not their role. It's uh, it's a much more complex uh, thing than that. And uh, we we talked to Gary about that a little bit, explaining the the how valuable that first friend uh, role can be and what it actually does for a sitting president. But what I think the first friend plays a really valuable role is not necessarily in policymaking. You know, policy has gotten so complex, and the White House has gotten so much more complex. The, the role of the first friend for the president is no different than the role of the first friend for you or for me, in that it's somebody that you can unburden yourself with, you can share your fears, you can share your joys, you can hear the blunt truth from this friend in a way that you're not going to hear from a staffer or, or aide who serves at the pleasure of the president and whose job is dependent on it. So that's a really important thing, this ability to give that unfiltered, uncouched, straight shot, not sugar-coated, those kind of conversations. And for the elected official to have someone they can turn to and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, or this is really a challenge. One of the things that, uh, that I noticed in my time in Washington was that so many elected officials uh, really needed a first friend. <laughs> they needed a friend. Part of the challenge with Congress is that members of Congress, especially in today's world, they are isolated, overwhelmed, off balance. So you you take elected officials and you take them out of their normal environments in their home states or in their home districts you take them away from spouse or from family and close friends. You put them in the pressure cooker that is Washington, D.C. with a 24-hour news cycle uh, and all kinds of political pressure to go along with the policy job, which is the job, by the way. And then you have leaders of both parties 
who try to keep the members isolated and busy, distracted, uh, and worried. That's part of the way that people like Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer stay in power. Because they convince everyone that because this is so complicated and so complex, you need me to lead you. Uh, And that's how we sort of end up with these uh, super legislators uh, that have all the power and the control. Uh, I think some of my most important influence, if I had any in our nation's capital, uh, was working with other members of Congress, uh, going for a late night stroll on the Capitol Mall uh, where they could unload on what they were struggling with or how they were frustrated with their own staff. Uh, or they were struggling with their own political party or their own challenges in their own personal life. And many of them just didn't have anyone else to talk to. Because in many cases, you can't you can't expose that to your staff. You can't tell your staff that you're worried about something or you're concerned about something or you've got an issue here or there. Uh, and so being able to, to see that play out in our nation's capital uh, just makes me wonder about how good it is for the travel back and forth, the isolation. Uh, all of those things are so challenging to so many members of Congress on both sides of the political aisle. And uh, this idea that uh, that Gary Ginsburg has come up with with the first friend dealing with the, the presidents. Uh, but this applies to all elected officials. Having a first friend uh, is an important thing. Um, so I want to play one just one last little bit of sound from uh, Gary. And uh, he talked about just the fact that these friends uh, can have powerful influence, both for good and and sometimes uh, less good. We all have friendships in our own lives. We all know how important they are. Now imagine applying that to the most powerful person on the planet and what that can mean, both for good and for ill. Uh, So very important. Uh, All of us need a friend, a confidant, uh, someone that we trust to tell us the truth, someone who has the patience enough to listen to what we have to say, including our greatest fears and frustrations and our own weaknesses. And presidents of the United States need the same thing. Members of Congress need the same thing. They need someone who can speak truth to power uh, with out any reservation, without any political posturing, without any worry that they're going to lose their job or their livelihood or their next promotion. And those conversations matter, and they do and have shaped our nation in very, very significant ways. So if you're looking for a good read uh, for your summer, uh, Gary Ginsburg, it is a New York Times bestselling book now, First Friends, the powerful, unsung, and unelected people who shaped our presidents. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, lessons from the lake. Things that I learned uh, up at Priest Lake, Idaho with my family on my week off last week. Uh, Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.